like to welcome you to church this morning and I'd like to take this time to welcome our viewers who watch our television program on TVS Sunday morning at 6.30 and very early Thursday morning 5.30am. We want to welcome you and may you be blessed by this Bible study, by this teaching this morning. Let us pray. Dear Father in heaven, thank you for your love. Thank you that you care for us, that you call us, that you never give up on us. Be here in the church now through your Holy Spirit, I pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. A few years ago, I was sitting here in the church listening to a sermon. It was a sermon preached by one of our young associates. I don't remember too much about the sermon, but what I do remember is his key text. And as he read this text out to the congregation, it burned into my heart and it burned into my mind and I have never forgotten it. And isn't it amazing that you can sit and you can read the Bible morning and evening, year after year, as I have had the privilege to do, and yet you will still come across texts and passages of Scripture that are new and bring new life to your experience with Jesus. Well, that's what happened to me this particular morning. And here is the text, this text that has had such an impact on my life. Only two verses found in Habakkuk chapter 3, a tiny little Old Testament book. Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. Though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet, and here's the key, Habakkuk says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord, I will be joyful, I will be joyful in God my Saviour. This is just a wonderful little passage of Scripture. Habakkuk, this Old Testament prophet, who, by the way, lived in very, very difficult times. Habakkuk says, hey, no matter how bad things are in my life, even though I have no house to live in, I have no food, I have no crops, I have no animals, though the whole world turn against me, this is a wonderful experience that this man is having. He says, though the whole world turn against me, God, Still, I will rejoice that you are my God. I will rejoice that you are my Saviour. Now, let me share with you an observation that I have of Christianity. Not a judgmental one, but I do see at the moment, and I've mentioned this before in this church, and I'm, I'm not afraid to say it because I think that there is a problem, a, 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 a big problem in Christianity in the world today. Again, this is not said in, in a judgmental way. In fact, there's something perhaps that I've struggled with in my own life. But there is this perception. And this perception is reinforced by preachers and teachers all over the world in Christianity. There is this perception that, hey, if I follow God, if I ask him into my heart, then he will, more than that, he promises he will bless me. He will bless me with money. He will bless me with health. He will bless me with success. He will bless me with happiness. Well, it is true that if you follow God, He does bless you. But I want to tell you, and I want to tell you openly this morning, that there are just too many examples 
of Christians doing it hard, of Christians going through suffering, of Christians going through pain, of Christians going through divorce, of Christians going through every manner of sickness and even death. There's just too many examples out there for us to stand up the front like we do and promise before thousands and sometimes millions when you're talking about TV audiences. There's just too many examples in the opposite for us to stand up there and say, hey, follow God and he will bless you. It's not always the case. Sometimes when you follow God rather than blessing, it's almost a a welcome to the war. You make a decision to follow God, you invite him into your heart, you get baptised, and then it seems like your whole world explodes, the job goes bad. Stress and arguments come into your marriage. You begin to struggle financially, and you're going, hey, just a minute, the pastor said, and he read the text from the Bible, hey, if I follow Jesus, he will bless me. Why am I having such a hard time? Why is my wife or my husband threatening to leave me? Why am I struggling at work with my job? God is supposed to be blessing me. Hey, what's going on? Habakkuk realized that sometimes this is the experience of a Christian. And he looks up at God and he says, Hey God, no matter how bad things go, no matter how my life falls apart, No matter how stressed, no matter I be broke, no matter I lose everybody who is close to me, I'm going to cling to you, God. I'm going to hold on. I will rejoice that you are my God. Now, I want to take this a little bit further. If you have your Bibles, follow with me to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 45. Interesting here in the first book of the the New Testament we find a very interesting text. And it's Jesus Jesus talking. And he says, and he's talking about God, God or he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and he sends rain or he sends blessings on the righteous, those who follow God, and the unrighteous. In other words, God blesses those who follow him and God blesses those who don't. Now let me reverse that. God allows and hard times come, and there's no doubt about it, to those who follow God. And whether or not you follow God, hard times will come to you. It seems to me that life is full of hard times. In fact, it seems to me that life and hard times, sometimes it seems to me, are very indiscriminate in the way they come to us, whether we're Christians or not. I remember when I was... 19 years old, young man, had just started my own business as a builder, was battling away, was not really a Christian, but I knew a young Christian girl. She was a, she was a beautiful person, I remember back to those days. And she was in the group that I used to hang with. Now, I wouldn't say that she was my bestest best friend, but she was a good friend. We would go out on Saturday nights together as a group, and we would have a good time. I remember one particular day I was at work. In fact, I was packing up my truck. I remember it very clearly to go out to work, packing the tools and the, and the equipment and the, and the timber, etc., onto the truck to do this job. And a, a man from down the road who used to come to our church, I, I was not really a church goer, but I was, I was kind of hanging around God, but not strong. 
he drives down, he has a very, very somber look on his face and he says there's an accident. Well, let me tell you a little bit about this girl. She's 19 years old. She got cancer. Skin cancer, I think it was. She battled with this. She prayed about it. She asked the Lord for healing. And you know, the Lord came down. He came into her life and he healed her. The day we heard about this accident was a Thursday. That Saturday night, we were to have a party up on the Sunshine Coast at her place to celebrate the Lord healing her of cancer. And the Lord did heal her of cancer. Well, this man comes down, he says, there's been an accident. We said, what's happened? He said, your friend, and he named her, has had an accident on her way home, and she's been killed. I still struggle when I remember that day. 19 years of age, with her whole life ahead of her. And I remember, and I wasn't following God as I said, I was not following God as I should. I didn't have an intimate, deep relationship with him. But I remember looking up to the heavens and saying, God, how could you? Why did you heal her of cancer? Why are we about to go and have a party to celebrate this and you allow her to be killed in an accident? On the way home, it was so indiscriminate. It was so unfair. She was so young with her whole life ahead of her. I want to tell you that when you're following God and when you're not following God in this world, bad things will come to you, sometimes happen to you. And they seem to be so indiscriminate. And you talk about how indiscriminate these things are. I know her brother. He is a pastor to this day, has four children, two of them growing up, one of them married. His life has been a blessing to so many people. He is living a rich, full life. And there's his, 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 his sister, my friend, dead at 19. She served the Lord Jesus Christ. She had dedicated her life to him. She was following, following Jesus as she should. And there's me, Lloyd Groverman. I had not dedicated my life to Jesus. In fact, it would be many years before I did. I was walking far, far from him. In fact, I was going around hurting many, many people outside my experience with Jesus because I didn't have one. If anyone should have died, it's not that beautiful young Christian girl that day. If, if there was justice in this world, it would have been me. But you know, sometimes it seems there is no justice. And indiscriminate bad things happen to people. And some of you in this church know what I'm talking about. And some of you sitting in your lounge rooms watching this on television, you know what I'm talking about. You follow Jesus or you've made a decision to follow Jesus and it just seems like bad things keep swamping you. Well, I want to share something with you this morning and I pray to the Lord that it might help you. I want to share with you why, firstly, I believe these indiscriminate bad things happen. And I want to share with you what I think we can do about it. Ezekiel chapter 28, verse 13 to 17. Old Testament. Ezekiel chapter 28 gives us a glimpse on why so many bad things happen in this world that we live in today and why they happen even to good people. Yes, God does bless you, but if you follow him, you are not going to become immune to failure, to hurt and pain. You will still experience them, sometimes as keenly as anyone in the world. Ezekiel 28, 13 to 17 starts to give us a glimpse of what is happening. Verse 12 says, you were talking about this super being 
You are the model of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You are in Eden, this being, the garden of God. Every precious stone adorned you, ruby, topaz, emerald, chrysolite, onyx, jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and beryl. This is talking about the archangel Lucifer. Your settings and mountings were made of gold. On the day you were created, they were prepared. Listen to this, talking about Lucifer. You were anointed as a guardian cherub. For so I adorned you, says God. You were on the holy mount of God. You walked among the fiery stones. Verse 15, you were blameless in your ways. From the day you were created till wickedness was found in you, you have this archangel, this powerful angel, who stands next to the throne of God and he rebels against God in a perfect world where there was no sin, there was no wickedness. The Bible tells us this archangel, this powerful angel, rebels against God. So what happens, God says, verse 16, So I drove you in disgrace from the mount of God or from heaven. I expelled you, O guardian cherub. Your heart became proud on account of your beauty, and you were corrupt with your wisdom because of your splendor. And the Bible says, I threw you. God says, I took you, O guardian cherub. I took you, O powerful angel. Verse 17, I threw you to the earth. Well, that's very unfortunate. Because Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12 and 14, Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12 to 14 tells us what happened when Lucifer was thrown to the earth. How you have fallen from heaven, O morning star, son of the dawn. You have been cast down to the earth, you who once laid low the nations. You said in your heart, I will ascend to the heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars, above the angels of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of the assembly on the utmost heights of the sacred mountain. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. Lucifer decided he would ascend up to be equal with God. And God threw him out of heaven. Revelation chapter 12, in fact, talking about this story, verse 7 to 9 says, And there was war in heaven, and Michael, Jesus, and his angels fought against the dragon, Satan. And the dragon and his angels fought back, but he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil of Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth. And his angels with him. There was a rebellion. Lucifer rebelled against God. He rebelled against God's rule. He rebelled against God's way. And God led the armies of heaven. Revelation 12 says that two-thirds of the angels stayed with God. One-third went with Lucifer. There was war. There was war. Understand that this morning. There was war. War in heaven. And that war's been going along to this day. And we are caught up in the war. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 to 7. Go and read the story for yourself. How Adam and Eve joined the war. They joined the rebellion, would you believe it, on Lucifer's side. And ever since, we've been suffering. There's been death. There's been pain. There's been sorrow. And that death, that pain, that sorrow has hit the human race at times, it seems, indiscriminately those who follow God suffer those who do not follow God suffer we are not immune because you get on your knees and ask Jesus into your heart you are not immune from suffering there is no guarantee that you will be blessed with riches that you will be blessed with health there is no guarantee that you'll be blessed with an easy life 
In fact, because there's a war, and because you've got darkness on one side and light on the other, and because you've asked Jesus into your heart and you've made your stand for light, the chances are that the evil one and darkness will attack you and your life may be more difficult with Jesus than if you had never invited Jesus into your heart. That is a fact. And so when preachers and teachers get up the front and they preach and they teach and they say, Hey, follow God. He will bless you with riches. He will bless you with health. You better be careful. And I'll tell you why you better be careful, because that's not always the facts. And I have seen Christians give their heart to Jesus Christ. It's a beautiful thing to invite Jesus into your life. I've seen them give their hearts to Jesus Christ. And then you know what? The hard times have come. And because they weren't expecting them, because they were listening to the preachers and the teachers, false preachers and false teachers, telling them that they would be blessed because they were sure that, that they would succeed financially, that they would succeed in their marriage, that they, would, that they would succeed in everything they did, that they would be healthy. Then all of a sudden when these struggles come, they say, hey, that's not what I believe, it's not what I was taught, it's not what I've seen in the Bible. And out of context in the Bible, they turn away from God, they walk away and they never come back. And they leave no room for the fact that we are in a war. And there are casualties in that war. And sometimes those casualties are us. And we see young girls, like my friend died at the age of 19, have a friend on his way home one Friday night. He got killed. He was 26 years old. He left three children and a young wife. Three children under the age of five. How do you take that funeral? It was heart-wrenching. We're brothers and sisters. We're in the middle of a war. Let's get real and let's, uh, let's understand and accept that as difficult it is for us. And if we're in a war between good and evil, between righteousness and, and darkness, there's going to be hurt. There's going to be pain. Romans 8.22 says, creation groans. Creation groans. In this war. So what is it that Jesus does guarantee? If you're not going to necessarily be blessed with riches, now you may be. If you're not going to be blessed with health, well you may be. But if you don't feel those blessings in your life and you're struggling, if you're suffering a death, or God forbid you're even dying yourself, if your wife or your husband's left you and you're going to spend the next Christmas alone, and you're following Jesus and you're inviting him into your heart and you recognize you're in a war but you're feeling like dirt, you're feeling down, you're feeling discouraged, you're feeling depressed. What does Jesus offer? What's the difference? Why not just live to myself? Walk away from Jesus and leave him. What does he offer? Well, let me take you to Hebrews. Hebrews, let me take you to Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5. Never, says God, and this is what he offers, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. If you're sick, Jesus said, I'll be your side. I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. If you've had a death in the family or you're dying yourself, Jesus says, I will be by your side. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. 
If you go bankrupt, Jesus says, Hey, I understand the pain. But you need to know that I am here. I am by your side. I am with you in the war. I understand. I've been there. I've suffered myself. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. If you're in a divorce and your wife has left you or your husband has left you, God forbid, and you are left with children, bringing them up, struggling, and he is not supporting you financially, Jesus says, I know, I understand. I said and I promised that I would never leave you or forsake you. And I am here with you. That's what makes it different. Yeah, Christians and non-Christians alike are indiscriminately plagued by hurt and pain, by suffering and death in this war. But we Christians, the one thing we have that non-Christians can never have is we have Jesus. Lose your job. Jesus is there. Your life falls apart. Jesus is there. He promises, I will never leave you or forsake you. And I want to tell you, and I'll tell you this from my own experience, that if Jesus is there, you will be okay. You will go through pain, you will go through suffering, you'll go through heart hurt, you'll go through discouragement. Sometimes you'll feel like you're going to die, you'll become so depressed. But Jesus will always be there. He will always have his hands around you, his arms around you. He will carry you through the hard times. He said, I will never, I will never leave you. He said, I will never forsake you. I will go through this with you. And if you have Jesus, there is nothing that the old devil can throw at you in this war. There is no darkness that he can envelop you with that can take you out. With Jesus, you can take anything. With Jesus, you can go through anything because he will sustain you. And he will lift you and he will strengthen you and he will comfort you and he will give you peace in the pain, in the indiscriminate pain and suffering that this world and the devil in the war throws at us. That's why in Habakkuk chapter 3, and let's go back there as we close, the prophet Habakkuk says in Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17 and 18, Though the fig tree does not bud, though my wife or husband may leave me, and there are no grapes on the vine, though I get sick, though the olive crop fails, though I lose my job, and the fields produce no food, though I, though my life is falling apart, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stall, though I lose my job, yet I will rejoice in the Lord, I will be joyful, in God my Saviour. You know what? Here we go, we close. I can't stand here as a preacher in good faith and say, follow Jesus and he will bless you with health and wealth and happy family. Can't say it because it's not reality and often it doesn't happen. We're in a war, we're in darkness and Satan is leading this war and Christians get hurt just as non-Christians do. The one thing I can tell you, and to me it makes all the difference, as you go through the hurt and the pain, Jesus is there. He's with you. He's there as your saviour. He's there as your friend. He's there to take you through it. And you trust in him, he will take you through it. I guarantee it. The Bible guarantees it. And Jesus himself promises it. Let's pray. Jesus, it's a hard world. There's much pain and suffering. We go through great darkness and discouragement and despondency. We need you inside our lives to help us, to take us through these dark times. And we need you to help us to hold on until you come to take us home. May it be soon, we pray. And may we be found through the battle, scarred, sometimes broken, yet Jesus waiting for you to come and take us home to live with you for eternity. Waiting for you because you were with us as we went through the life. 
of heart hurt and pain. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing us. We pray in your name. Amen.